Hey, welcome back. We are here at the All In Podcast Headquarters here in Franklin, Tennessee. And I got my uh, great friend, Brian Yormack here, uh, specialized tax strategist who does a lot of things. Uh, we just got back from an investors uh, meetup last night. But two of the things that Brian's going to talk about today, which is really going to really hone in on your tax strategy. So we're going to talk about what it means to be all in with the knowledge of your tax strategy. So if you're a business owner out there, you're an investor, especially for real estate investors, but also business owners, we're going to talk about that. So today we're going to cover a few things, but Brian, thanks for coming. Yeah, man. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. So Bay Specialized Tax Services, uh, tell a little bit about what you do and uh, kind of a couple of things we're going to talk about today. Sure. So, um, you know, when people think of specialized tax service, you kind of have to remove the idea of, uh, you know, filing taxes, your bookkeeper, even CFOs. Not talking about that stuff, right? We come in, not talking about that. We come in and do narrow pieces of the tax code, normally along uh, tax breaks, benefits, incentives, programs that come out when there's new law. We're in charge of kind of being on top of that so that we can help your current staff kind of get these things filed. Right. Right. And so one of the big things for investors um, is they want to know how to properly depreciate. So there's this thing called depreciation, guys. Those of you in my audience, a lot of you are realtors or real estate investors, and you're trying to figure out how to mitigate your income taxes. So you hear these people that are paying you know, very small single-digit numbers on their property or maybe mitigating all of their income taxes. How are they doing it? Well, I'll tell you. When you own property and a cash flow producing property, you get what's uh, you get de- the benefit of depreciation. So the government just says that the property is depreciating some some of amount, and they get you this little tiny. They allow this little tiny amount to be taken each year. Well, now they have what's called bonus depreciation, which is live right now. Um, and what it means is that they're allowing you to use a lot of the depreciation in the first year of the things that are not attached to the house itself or the the commercial property itself. And so you make what happens is you get this big tax deduction just to dumb it down. You get a really big tax deduction, which then then can be off to use to offset your actual income from your real estate income uh, and sometimes even your W-2 income if you can show that you are spending a certain amount of hours managing that certain property. And we'll get into that, but is that pretty much what we're talking about here? That's exactly right. So what it looks like is we all know that real estate you know, appreciates for the most part in value. But as far as on paper, we have to be able to show that it's got a useful life. So what that means is that you've got to take this depreciation over a period of time. So if you buy a million dollar property, you're going to have to wait 27 years to write that off. What this accelerated depreciation does is it says, okay, well, maybe 25% of that is going to end up being not part of the building itself. So instead of that long life, we can take it into a short life asset and that short life asset can get 25%. So $250,000 of a deduction in a first year. Right. So let's just take like, let's say an apartment building, whether it's a quad or five unit, 10 unit, whatever, but let's just use a nice round, easy figure say a million dollar property. Okay. So somebody's bought a million dollar cash flow producing property could be a single unit down at the beach, or it could be a quad or, or whatever. So they bought this property. They should come to you when? Well, right away. Almost immediately, right? Yeah. I mean, right away. It's if they've already bought it, that's a great time. Right when you've signed the actual contract, you've got it under contract, 
we should start to have a discussion because this is a tax planning item that the sooner we get it done, the sooner that you can stop paying estimated quarterlies on that ad income. Um, we can go back many years. If you didn't uh, get it done right away, you're still eligible, but the benefit's gonna come the moment it's yours and that asset's placed in service, you should be looking into getting a cost seg, at least estimate. In a, in a cost segregation study, so you get an estimate and the, and the bonus depreciation would typically be around what? 25% on average? I think 20 to 30 is a good 20 range. To 30. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about, a, so to put that into dollars, that's two hundred dollars to $300,000 in a tax deduction. So mm -hmm. if that person in real estate uh, had made two or $300,000 or they made $100,000 net on that property and income, they're able to use that and offset the income until that's used up. So they may not use the, the tax deduction for the first year, but they might. it rolls over to the next year. And this is why you have politicians that are, you know, back when uh, Trumpster and uh, Trump and Hillary were, were, were fighting on stage and they're arguing about this. That's what they're talking about. They're talking about not paying income tax. And the reason why that it's legal is because you own buildings. So the government rewards you for owning buildings that are cash flow producing because of how many jobs it creates by that one cash flow producing property. So it's you may as well take advantage of it and play by their rules. That's what we're talking about here, right? I mean, it's a massive savings. And I think I've seen people on appointments with people who own a $50 million motel or hotel and their CFO didn't know about cost segregation and that costs that person tens of millions of dollars in tax deductions and that CFO gets fired on the spot. It's amazing. So, I mean, these are big things yep. we're talking about. So whether you're a small investor, you own a few rental properties or you own, you know, millions of dollars worth of properties, you need to know cost seg. And if you think, you know, you still probably don't know because you probably are getting uh, low-level cost segregation studies done, and they're missing lots of things. I've seen this; it's irritating, and because I see people get money that they're left that they've left on the table because they get a thirty-five hundred dollar cost seg study done, and uh, which is dirt cheap. And it's like going to um, Walmart to do something when it's it's your money. So you don't get your taxes done at Walmart. You get your taxes done by a top-notch person who gets you the most back in the legal way, right? I mean, I do. I would, right? Right. And a, and a good way to kind of break down what you're saying for, for your audience here is, let's say we've got a $400,000 property, right? So you don't need to have a, a multi-million dollar property for this to start to make sense. At a $400,000 property, you know, if you get 25% of that, it's 100000 in a first-year deduction. And how is that applied? Well, let's say that $400,000 property is only making 50,000 a year. That means that 50,000 in year one and 50,000 in year two, for that two year period, you've paid no income tax because you have a deduction. You have this business loss sitting on your you know, uh, balance sheet waiting to be taken. And as you kind of move through uh, the years, you will take it until it goes to zero. It's got a 20 year carry forward period. Um, normally, I would say most assets after their cost segged have a two to three year period of, of running income tax free. Right. So that's huge. Yeah. I mean, I mean if, if you're not hearing that, that means that whatever you paid in taxes for that income is nothing zeroed because 
it's going to depend on your tax bracket with how much that actually gives you. If you're in a 20% tax bracket, it'll be different than if you're in a 37% tax bracket. But I think we all can agree, regardless of the bracket, we would rather start a business and have some operations up front to get that cash flow in right. tax-free in the beginning. Right. And so it, not to muddle the water, but like that between that and people who use the strategy of uh, like Felipe Mejia and others mm -hmm. who uh, pull out money from their properties, whether it be a home equity line of credit or line of credit, their, their uh, commercial properties, whatever, that's tax free as well. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea is. You know, you're paying taxes in other ways. I mean, you're paying ta sales taxes, you're paying taxes on property taxes, you're paying a lot of taxes. Employment taxes. Employment yeah, taxes. you're still paying taxes. You're paying, still paying taxes. Yeah. But when it comes to income taxes, you can mitigate those. Mm. Um, and you can pay it by doing cost segregation studies, getting the big tax deduction. And then obviously when you draw money out on loans against these properties, that's tax-free money. And so this is how people get ahead. 1031 and back end. 1031 I mean, to exchange. There's a lot of strategies that make this all kind of move together yeah. uh, with one another, kind of puzzle piece in. Right. To 1031 make 1031 exchange, guys, you remember that? That's where you, you have a property, you're selling it, and instead of paying capital gains on that property, you identify another property and you identify or, you know, and agree to close on a property within six months, and you roll all of the proceeds tax-free now into the new property, and so you're just kicking the can down the, down the road. And so just a, deferring the tax. Now, someday, if you ever sell a property or if your heirs sell a property, you may have to pay the tax on it. But here's the thing. Until you do, you're just deferring it. And so that's the beauty of it, of the tax code. And people just need to know. I think this is so important because people need to understand the, the, the benefits that they have for the tax code. Yeah. And if that's what's the idea here is like, here's what's available, guys. Use it. And I feel like that's so much of what you do. It is like between that and the employee retention tax credits, which we'll get into in a second, is people just don't know. They're like, they just hear noise. And that's where I think you just got to understand, look, this is what the code is. This is how you don't pay income tax. Do you not want to pay income tax? Then listen. Okay. Right. I mean, this is how you do that's that right. in a legal way. You own property. You get cost segregation studies done on those properties, and that gives you this huge tax deduction, which offsets all the income from that property and possibly the income from your your regular income job, especially if you're a realtor. And then sometimes, even if you're a W-2 employee, there's conditions with that. You have to meet so forth, but people are doing it. So that's huge. Yeah, and I think if anybody's confused about you know, hey, if I'm going to pay it anyway, why would I defer it? It sounds like a lot of work. You have to remember that if you can keep that $100,000 deduction is going to, you know, give you, let's say, $30,000 of cash after it's yeah, all said Yeah, because your tax done. bracket, say you tell us how you got that. Yeah, a 30% tax bracket. Okay. If you get a $100,000 deduction. Deduction. 30% tax bracket. So at the end of the day, it's 30 you grand real dollars, 30 grand cash that you didn't have to pay, right? That you got to keep that you end up keeping. And what happens and the trick to all of this that people, you know, sometimes don't really understand until they start to implement all of this is all of a sudden your cash flow is doubling or tripling over a five year period. Because if you keep implementing the strategy, if you're paying 30% every year, yeah. You know, this is a snowball effect. It adds and this exactly. This is how people it's get ahead, and, this, sure. and so you can imagine when people have, 
you know, they go from owning a million dollars worth of property to 10 million and like, and then the 20 million and then the 50 million, like Ryan and Jess and people like that. It's like, this is how this happens. It's definitely right? part of it. I yeah. Mean, this is a big piece of it. There's a lot of, a lot of it. So, um, so guys, if you own rental property, you own commercial property, uh, you want to have, you need to have an analysis done. You need to have a cost segregation study. Brian can hop on a call with you uh, and kind of go through that with you and see if it's a good fit for you, explain to you the cost, the upfront cost to do it. Nothing's free, but here's the deal. If, if, if you give Brian a dollar and he gives you back $10 as an example, would you do that deal? Those are the types of things we're talking about. Um, I'm not sure if those are the exact numbers. The ROI is, no, I mean, that's not uh, far off from sometimes what we see. And it, and it does scale one-to-one. And our, our uh, fees don't scale one to one, so it becomes even more lucrative in the million plus price range. But because it's to, the same similar cost if it's a two million dollar property versus eight million dollar property, might get up to sixty thousand dollars on a six sixty million dollar property, right? And and so it just doesn't. But they're scale. saving. If somebody owns a sixty million dollar property, then they're saving how much in pro, in income taxes? Maybe Fifteen million, right? Cases, and so this right? is how these politicians don't pay the income tax. And right. that's the reason why they don't want to show their tax returns. And listen, this is not a political discussion at all. I'm just telling you, this is how it happens. And this is the reason why people on both sides of the aisle use the tax code in this way. So let's jump into employee retention tax credits. Now, this is what I think of when I get this. I get these calls about once or twice a week, three times a week. <laughs> and it's an 800 number calling, hey, you qualify and your employees, you know, qualify for uh, employee retention tax credit, you for $35,000. Mm. And so obviously you just delete it, but this is a real thing. It's not a scam and they're making money off that. Clearly it's why they're trying to get you to call back. Yep. But why should they come to you? Why did, what is ERTC, which employee retention tax credits? Uh, what is the simplified version of that? It has to do with COVID, right? COVID, yep. Right. And mm -hmm. so tell us about that. So a good way to kind of outline this program, if you think of cost segregation, you have to own a building and it has to be a business asset. If you think of employee retention tax credit, you have to own a business that had employees. So that's kind of the first layer of what you need. Then as we kind of go through the different steps, you've got, there's, there's a lot of rules that will kind of skirt around, but in general, 2019 in operations into 2020 when the pandemic hit, you were affected by it, either by your revenue or some shutdown orders. And through being affected by the pandemic through 2020 and 2021, they have quarters that can qualify. And if you qualify, your employees per employee get paid a certain amount. For 2020, you're looking at about 5,000 per employee. In for the year, you're looking at a cutoff too. And then in 2021, it's 7,000 per employee per quarter. Okay, so let's just start back. So you've got a business. If you have a business and you were affected in COVID, you had a business with employees, um, and did is it because you lost the employee or it doesn't matter if you lost the employee or not? You have to, I mean, think of the name with employee retention tax credit. The reason this came about is because so many people were getting laid off. The, the government is thanking you for keeping your employees. There we go. So if you retained your employees, in essence, you didn't let them go on to unemployment. They're gonna give you a credit for doing that, a tax credit. Credit. Not a deduction. Not a deduction. So a credit is way better than a deduction. A credit is giving you money back. A, it's a, off a, your bottom line. It's a dollar, it's considered a dollar for dollar credit, which means if we can get a $5,000 credit, that's a $5,000 check. Right. You're not multiplying it by your tax uh, bracket. Below the line. 
So a, a guy out there had five employees. Uh, he was a f- and he kept them during COVID. Uh, he doesn't know anything about what this is. He's got five times seven. He's got thirty five thousand dollars out there that the government's willing to give him. Correct, roughly. Is that about? Is it seven thousand dollars or something the, like? The problem with this program is how many times they change the law. An easy way to look at it is for all the eligible quarters, if you can get as much for one employee as possible, it's $26,000 per employee for the duration of the okay. uh, program. Got it. So it's a lot of money on the table. And I mean, it's a, it's a lot this. of money on the table. Yeah. That's why these people this. have money to you know, be putting marketing efforts and all the rest of that out there. And another interesting thing, Mark, they thought about 80% of small and medium-sized businesses would be eligible. And at this point, they think roughly 20% of the eligible businesses have claimed the ERC. Wow. Yep. So, Bill- billions of dollars on the table. And so, you know, this money needs to be used up. I mean, people that are, people are using it. And you think about it, guys. I mean, you you had a business and, um, you know, maybe it, it's, I mean, everyone was struggling, you know, some businesses propped up, popped up, uh, and did really well during COVID uh, re- delivery businesses, Amazon, mm. but the most of us, uh, the, the masses you had, you had some issues. And so now is a time where you can, these kinds of, uh, ideas, these kinds of tax credits can actually be captured by you. And you can go back and, and mitigate some of the losses or some of the hardships that you had during that time. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, an amazing thing. Especially uh, like if you start to look into some of the sectors, restaurants, hospitality, there's certain areas that are impacted that are very easily able to claim these because it's not just, there's two kind of ways to do it. One's going to be off of a um, reduction to your revenue mm-hmm. compared to 2020, uh, 2019 numbers. But the other one is if you were shut down had hardship in the sense of not able to get uh, supply chain issues. There's a lot of other ways to qualify. And I think what happened, Mark, is when the first round of these kind of ERC program rules came out, they were actually a lot more strict and they've opened it up over and over and over. Um, A good example of that too would be the Paycheck Protection Program. A lot of people received money uh, in the PPP that was a forgivable uh, kind of loan to a grant and they thought, well, if I received this, I'm no longer eligible for the the employee retention tax credit. And they would have been right until they flipped that. So you have, I think, about half the people I talk to at this point say, well, we're not qualified. And if I kind of get into it and ask why, they'll say, well, we received PPP money. So it's worth revisiting. If you've heard of these before and, and you maybe were told you didn't qualify, it is worth having a second look. Right. So... Um- People just need to take five minutes, stop what they're doing. Um, so first of all, guys, if you're listening uh, out there at the podcast, you want to watch this uh, on uh, on YouTube at Mark Neely Home, uh, but uh, like and follow there. However, you want to stop what you're doing if you, A, don't know what cost segregation study is and you own rental property, any kind of cash flow producing property, and you want to get Brian an email or follow him. Um, so how would they reach you uh, for that? What's well, the we best can, way? I, I'm, I'm happy if you want to leave my information kind of in the link below mm-hmm. type of situation. Yeah. But I mean, and you're right. As far as these things go and how hard it is to dive in, you're looking at probably five or 10 minutes yeah. of having somebody, especially if they specialize in these things, have a quick look. 
Uh, you may have to supply some information, takes maybe 20 or 30 minutes, have a professional review it. And at that point, I mean, if, if you're not qualified, we're not going to tell you that you're qualified. Right. You know, it's a very simple discussion of yes or no. And then you can decide if it makes sense to move forward, um, especially with the, the ERC side. Mm. That's very black and white. With the cost segregation, another piece of that is that if you're wanting to learn and become a sophisticated investor, it's best to learn these on smaller projects anyway. Right. Understand how it all works before you hire, you know, um, at that higher level and in, in the larger projects. So website bay.tax. Yep. www.bay.tax. Bay.tax. Mm. And um, Instagram b.a.y.tax. And so employee attention tax credit. So if, secondly, obviously, if you are a business owner and you um, had employees that were working for you di during COVID, um, you need to reach out to Brian and see what money is available for you. Free money back to you from the government. Uh, everybody likes free and everybody likes money. So there you go. It's a double double bonus. So Brian's actually got a couple of handy tools for you to use. Uh, Going to pop those down right into the comments down below here on the YouTube. But tell us kind of what they can use here uh, to sort of help them see if this is a good fit for them. Sure, sure. For the ERC, it's just a spreadsheet. Fill out three columns, gross wages, number of employees, uh, some basic questions. If you took the PPP, and that'll kick out a number. And uh, for the cost seg, if you fill out what we've got there, you can send it to us and we'll do a free estimate and come back with some real numbers that we can talk about. Cool. So these two, so guys, use these two tools down below uh, and then reach out to Brian. If you have any specific questions, drop them in the, in the uh, chat below and we'll get back to you on those. And uh, we're so glad that you joined us today. This is really important information, you guys. This is one of those things where new information can be the difference between how much you make this year and how much you don't make this year it's a big difference uh it can be huge and this is the what this is what the people in the know are doing so right yeah man thanks for having me <laughs> so, <laughs> i'm excited so thanks guys thanks for tuning in to another all-in podcast and we'll see you next time around till then be cool